This is America on Par, a powerful punch of political punditry in a pithy podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Parr. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Hey, did you watch the debate last night? Who won? Who hit the home run or landed the knockout blow or did some other sports analogy? If you watch big media, that's all this was about. Who won? Who got the best zingers in? There were polls, there were interviews, there was analysis, and none of it matters. None of it is real. It's all just another symptom of what is wrong with American politics today. Let's start with the analysis. Boy, were the anchors giddy. Woo! This is so exciting. I heard professional men and women refer to this presidential debate as fireworks and body blows. Big smiles. Oh, wasn't this exciting? The candidates weren't holding back. Can you imagine if that's how the Lincoln-Douglas debates had been covered? Oh, yes. Abraham certainly got in a zinger there. That's bound to leave a mark. The analysis was certainly more about the debating style of the two candidates than it was about the substance of their positions. Of course, the candidates themselves are both more about style than substance, and that's part of their problems. That's part of why both of them are historically unpopular. It was Hillary's fake smile against Trump's real rudeness. But why would we expect the post-debate coverage to be any different than the pre-debate coverage? See, the pre-debate coverage repeatedly referred to this as a political Super Bowl. Seriously. I heard that analogy on different networks multiple times. The political Super Bowl. The press was rooting for this important debate to be entertaining rather than enlightening. And in the end, that's exactly what they got. Then came the interviews. After the debate, all the networks sent their reporters into an area called the spin room. Not kidding. That's what it's called. What happens in the spin room? People who are working for one of the two campaigns go into that area and tell you their opinion of who won the debate and why. These people are unabashedly biased. They admit they are biased. They are going to filter the reality of what happened on the stage through their biased eyes, and then they are going to tell you their biased opinions, and the networks will air that interview live to America. Why the hell would you do that? If you miss these interviews, let me save you a little time so you don't have to go back and watch them. The people who worked for Hillary thought she did a great job. The people who worked for Trump thought he did a great job. The people who don't work for either campaign weren't in the spin room. What a pointless exercise in modern journalism. But everybody does it, so you have to do it too. It's a pointless waste of time. But there is the off chance that one of those biased spinners might say something entertaining. So screw journalistic responsibility or ethics. Instead, let's see if we can get James Carville and Rudy Giuliani to mud wrestle live on air. It's ridiculous. And yet everyone did it. Everyone did it. And they'll do it again for the upcoming debates. Because that's just how we do things. Next up, the polls. 
Who won the debate, they asked. Again, it's about winning and losing, just like the real Super Bowl. Online polls say Trump won the debate, except CNN's online poll says that Hillary won. Frank Luntz's focus group in downtown Philadelphia said Hillary Clinton clearly won the debate. But a newspaper article says a group of people in a bar outside Philly unanimously believed that Trump won the debate. Online polls are meaningless. They are not scientific. Individuals can vote more than once. They're not a random group of people, but rather a self-selecting sample. Is it any wonder that CNN's online poll said Hillary won, while Drudge's online poll said Trump won? We knew that was going to happen even before the debate began. It didn't matter what happened in the debate. That's how the polls were going to turn out. Now, focus groups can give you some insight into what groups of people are thinking, but again, they're not statistically significant. One group can have a wildly different opinion than another, and neither is more meaningful or more meaningless than the other. If you came here seeking clarity, you won't find it. So what about the debate itself? This is a big ball of nothingness. Hillary was very rehearsed. She had even practiced smiling. But she didn't say anything of substance. Trump wasn't rehearsed. He wasn't exactly as bombastic as he has been in the past, but he wasn't polite either. There were times when his answers rambled and they lacked a coherent argument. There were times when her answers were specifically targeted for individual voting blocks and full of vague political speak. We didn't learn anything new. I don't know if there was an argument to be made on either side of the debate that was effective in convincing anyone outside of the spin room about who to vote for in November. So it turns out the political Super Bowl analogy was wrong. It wasn't just silly, it was wrong. There was no trophy given out, no winner, no loser, just some deflated footballs. Perhaps the better analogy is a three-act play. The first act just finished. There will be two more debates between now and November, and maybe, if we're lucky, we, the audience, will be able to figure out whether this was a comedy or a tragedy or just, to quote Shakespeare, a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. Thanks for listening. If you like these podcasts, please share them with your friends on Facebook and Twitter. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can always do so on my website, americaonpar.com. I'm Stephen Parr, and believe it or not, I can still see old glory flying over me. In the first light of